This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves to fire that. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're chilling at home watching us live on YouTube. Thank you very much for connecting. couple of special shout-outs today. Shout-out to Maria. Shout-out to Fatima Alduri and Yassine. Probably my number one fans, my only fans at the moment out there. Thank you very much for connecting. Happy anniversary, Maria. And also, shout out to Susie, Alia, Bodbod, Ruda, and Mufid. You guys know why. What's coming up on the show? Right, more and more we are realizing the value of emotional fitness. And even more than intelligence, emotional fitness plays a big role in the way we execute certain things now that's with coaches or even when it comes to just your everyday life and what we do to be able to be emotionally connected is something that has been overlooked over the last couple of years and even now more than ever we are in touch with our emotional side which we're bringing into sport health and fitness and that's why on the halftime show we're going to go over that today we're also going over a modern day success story isn't that nice to hear nowadays because a lot of times there's a lot of doom and gloom about what's happening and rightfully so so we're talking about a success story her name is Gia Yuna who embodies one of the the modern you know positive stories out there um a paralympian a bodybuilder and a great person who's achieved all this with just one leg she's reached great heights we're talking about her now the listeners normally do send in their questions and when they send in their questions i like to oblige to give you the answer now one of the questions that people have been sending me is like omar you got to give us a transfer special because it's January. You know what happens in January? We get a lot of transfers, speculation. So we're talking about that as well. Everyone who's tuned in live on the Instagram, I'm just going to give you a big shout out. We got Terry, Shayma, uh, Matt, Train Together, of course. Masoud, The Life of Tarek is here. Spicy, Almaz, Mazvi. Who else we got? Azzy, Ish, and everyone else. Thank you very, very much for connecting. Here's a little tune for you guys because you know I like my tunes. And we'll be right back after this. Enjoy. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Oh, he loves to fire that fucker dog. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. Thank you for connecting with me. Right, let's talk some positivity. Out there right now, you know, with everything that's happening in the world, wherever you are around the world, it's, it's, it's a challenging time. It's a testing time. So let's talk about something positive. G. Yuna, I hope I pronounced the name right. She's a female uh, bodybuilder that captured hearts in China, Beijing 2020. Now her background is she's a Paralympian and she obviously... Um, you know, has a disability, which I don't like using that word, but she has a disability at the moment because she's um, she had her leg uh, amputated because of an accident at the age of seven, from my knowledge. And uh, she's a Paralympian that competed in Athens in 2004 
and losing her right leg age seven in a road accident which she didn't remember much of but it was really really traumatizing for her now disabled people are all too often marginalized and i don't like that because with that comes a lot of you know anxiety and stress and things that it's not really fair and and so she's had to face this you know most of her life and since the car accident she's had you know we always kind of look at ourselves and you always say half empty versus half full but she had to go through a lot of bullying at school you know people would kick her crutches move the chair things like that that you know when you have a when you have a disability like that it's kind of it's kind of tough but it also puts things in perspective and what i really liked about her story is despite her being bullied at school and and people making fun she's managed to reach heights that we could only just wish for now being a paralympian in athens in 2004 that was amazing because she she you know she's she's very very successful and then recently even uh competing as a bodybuilder she captures hearts in china beijing 2020 now what interests me about characters like this is the mindset behind them what goes through their mind and how she's doing things then it automatically you know as human beings we then relate to that or even compare ourselves to that and you know when you have those kind of dark days it's okay to have those kind of dark days but when you have those kind of dark days and you wonder why you didn't do something that day that's all right tomorrow's a new day they start again and what i like about her story is she's she's managed to compete be herself and do all these things when other people might have you know stopped or felt sorry for themselves or done things like that so i really really like the story of um g yuna check her out g-u-i-y-u-n-a and definitely puts into perspective being grateful and being mindful of a lot of things and people out there that are going through their own challenges she's had this accident from the age of seven and has had to have her leg removed and and now she's still competing and and smashing things all over the world in different fields different sports just by being herself so we often you know listen to a lot of the success stories out there that are you know they strived and they and they they, they managed to reach to the top but this story had a you know a special a special feeling about it so i thought i'd share that with you guys but coming up next how much of the modern day requires emotional intelligence i posted this on my instagram and got a lot of feedback on that and more and more coaches are involving ei in their approach let me know what you think 4215 it's a or do or slide into my dms at omal durian let me know how important is emotional intelligence not just in sport but in your personal goals i'll be right back here's a little bit of mike lowry and we'll hit you right after this enjoy this is the halftime show with omar aduri oh he loves the fire then what a goal this is the halftime show with omar aduri on pulse 95 nice strike it sure is that time it's the halftime show with Omar Dury. I'm your host covering everything sport international local thank you very much for connecting with me here live on Pulse 95 radio shout out to Susie who's just jumped in on the Instagram live Susie you missed your shout out with Bod Bod earlier um, right okay guys so one of the important things we're looking at and actually this is inspired by watching I'm sure you guys have seen the show All or Nothing uh, with uh, Tottenham, I can't believe I'm saying that name, but Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho, or Jose Mourinho as he likes to be uh, called, the other day. One of the things I noticed, 
having watched it second time through with my cousin Yassine, shout out to Yassine, is um, the connection between the manager, Jose Mourinho, and the physiotherapists and the head of physiotherapy, the medical team, was really cold. And having spoken to John Terry myself about a year ago when I had him on the show, he said that whenever Mourinho... Whenever John Terry was injured, Mourinho wouldn't really talk to him, wouldn't spend time with him, wouldn't invest that kind of energy in him. Now, emotional intelligence is something that we kind of overlook. But nowadays, that classic example of putting your arm around your player or having that kind of humanitarian approach as a coach rather than authoritarian is really interesting. And that's why I wanted to bring it on the show today. More coaches are involving EI in their approach nowadays because the connection is different because the player tends to do more for their coach when they feel that you care. Now, this all came about when having a look at the different types of coaches, the different types of managers out there, the style that you see all these people doing their own thing. Daniel Goleman and Tom Billy, I was watching, um, sorry, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was really interesting to see because obviously they've both written quite a bit of content and books and everything. The four ways of being intelligent about awareness. Now, the emotional state of that when it comes down to sport, health, fitness, or even life, excuse me, it was really interesting because the first part starts with yourself and that is self-awareness. Now, knowing what you're feeling sounds easy and sounds basic, but a lot of the times we actually don't know how we're feeling because we're in that moment, depending on the energy in the room, the environment that you're in, what kind of, let's say you go into a training session or a class. Now, depending on who's there, what kind of day have they had? What kind of energy are they bringing to the table? That kind of, you now bring your flavor to that class. So this is an example of firstly knowing, you know, what you're feeling and being aware of that because sometimes we mask that in our you know in our goals in our settings and everything so that's the first part the second part was managing yourself self-management now notice so far we're talking about us rather than people because a lot of times it's easy to kind of blame people affecting your energy you know um, I always see those like taglines good vibes only and things like that but you kind of bring your own energy to the, to the room so the, the first part was self-awareness the second part was managing yourself and just being self-aware of how you manage yourself how you conduct yourself you go into that room that's a new fresh start for whoever's in that room the third part was empathy now again if you notice rather than looking at everyone else we're kind of looking at our own actions so empathy and just tuning into other people and how they feel when you ask someone how they're doing then you're able to answer that uh, based on how their response is and not whatever you were expecting them to say because how often have you asked someone how they're doing and they say rubbish or crap or not good? You just don't know what to say. So just for having that sense of empathy is really, really key. Now, so far, we, you know, this is all emotion intelligence. The fourth, you know, we spoke about self-awareness, managing yourself, empathy and social skill. That's another thing. Being able to socially interact, empathize be grateful be mindful despite what everyone is going through now some people might be coming into a room with smiles on their face but could be masking a lot of darkness and that's why emotional intelligence and especially the new style of coaching and i don't want to say new generation because it's been around for a long time but the awareness to be able to emotionally connect with your client your football team 
you know, your teammates, even just your colleagues at work. That is the key in, in this segment right here, which made me kind of think about how different managers are. So we said Mourinho was a certain way when it came down to his medical staff. And if you have watched All or Nothing, every time the physiotherapist or the medical team comes in, he, he doesn't even make eye contact with them because he's already anticipating the bad news they're going to give him. Then you look at people like Jurgen Klopp, who has an arm around the shoulder, keeps it quite close, you know, is able to speak to his players, but also laugh things off when he needs to. And that's someone that when he first came into English football, they always said, why is he always giving people hugs? Nowadays, obviously less, but it is something that shows you his style of coaching. Then you have the type of coach that probably doesn't show you what he's really like and does things behind the scenes. And that's along the lines of being able to, to, to incorporate emotional intelligence in sport, in life. You know, even if you're, if you're a student in the classroom, all these things we have. We have a lot of amazing people that listen to the show and the ages are, are, are scattered all over the place, which is great because it shows that connection between what we're producing as content, but also what they're relating to. So how does emotional intelligence almost go to the top of the pile when it comes down to your IQ and everything because of that connection you're able to do as a coach, as a person, or even as a teammate? And that really, really stuck in my head when it came down to emotional intelligence because if you want to turn it into a fitness term emotional fitness why because you kind of have to practice it all the time and that's what i wanted to bring forward today but let me know how important is emotional intelligence emotional fitness in your everyday goal and by the way i have to give a special shout out to the big man himself big Hass, who just turned 40 and is someone that you know from day one man i came in here big Hass with open arms if you know big ass yellow home five day every day and also the saturday vibe on um saturday 6 p.m uh, with anna schofield on yellow home make sure you check him out awesome guy happy birthday man everyone give a shout out to, to, to big Hass. you know what let's give him a bit of a woohoo as well uh the big man himself big Hass. inshallah man uh, have a great great day it's a shame i can't see you guys today but now I'm going to play some Mike Lowry and then I'll be back for the transfer special that you guys have been asking for on Instagram. Uh, stay tuned on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Paduri on Pulse95. Oh, he loves the fire then! What a goal! This is the Halftime Show. With Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! It sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Adori, your host, covering everything sport, international, local. Remember, guys, if you do miss the show, you can catch it every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, 3 to 4 on the Halftime Show, Pulse95 Radio, and also the YouTube is out. Normally, thanks to Super Mario and Gabby, who do a wicked job in getting these episodes commercial and ad-free up on the YouTube. Make sure you head over there, like, share, and smash that button. Right, okay. So, um, a lot of the times, actually, we were just talking to Omnia Salah, and shout out to Mama Wafa as well, uh, who, uh, who are awesome people. We just the other day someone was saying, "Oh my, it's a, it's a January, it's a transfer window. You know, you got to do a special for us. You got to tell us what's happening out there." 
and, and not much has been happening. Yes, you've heard a couple of names. I think one of the transfers that kind of not shook up the Euro- European leagues, but started getting people to take notice is Mauricio Pochettino for PSG. And the reason why I'm going to start with PSG to start off with is because Mbappe and Neymar and all these household names are, are there at that club. But that's not always easy to manage. And having a manager that's going to come in that used to captain them and play for them is a great thing to be able to see him go back to the club where he's respected and a natural leader. Now, how is he going to manage those characters and who is he going to bring in? Because I think every person has been linked with PSG. Kareen, if you're watching, you probably would love me saying this, but PSG are one of the global brands, not just because they went with Michael Jordan um, in the Air Jordan kind of logo sponsorship, but also the fact that the players that they have and the manager that they have now to attract and add to that, which is very, very key. Now, one of the transfers that might be coming in because his contract runs out in six months is Sergio Aguero. Now, if Sergio Aguero leaves Manchester City because clearly Pep Guardiola doesn't fancy him this season, despite the injury problems or even when he's been on the bench, has only been utilized for 10 to 15 minutes max. And I know Pep Guardiola likes, you know, a false number nine and likes to have mobility and, and rotation up, up top with the front three. But your best strikers left on the bench, that for me is not a good feeling, especially with how much Sergio Aguero has done for Manchester City. So maybe Mauricio Pochettino will bring him in, and as we spoke about emotional intelligence earlier, bring him in, put an arm around him and say, you are the best striker we have. You're going to have Neymar on one side, you're going to have Mbappe on the other side, and I'm expecting you to do great things. All of a sudden, confidence is up, and that might be the difference when a manager handles his players or her players to be able to get the best out of the players. So Sergio Aguero to PSG is very, very possible um, in the summer. Now, right now, those players who are out of contract can speak to clubs. And because they can speak to clubs, that puts things in a very, very different light. Speaking about the ongoing saga that we've had to face is Mesut Ozil. Now, a lot of mixed you know, opinions on Mesut Ozil. Should he stay at Arsenal? Should he just leave? He's just sat there getting 350000 Has he been treated fairly? One thing is for sure. Now, when it comes down to things away from football, and I normally don't like to go into them because there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that we don't often see. Now, through politics, through the club, through you know where the person is from or what their beliefs are or how they've been treated, I, I tend to kind of shy away from that. But Meza also as a footballer, is not playing and hasn't been playing for over a season now. So he's been happy to accept the much, uh, you know, and you know, reported three hundred fifty thousand pounds a week without kicking a ball. But I actually think there might be something in his contract that says if he kicks the ball again for Arsenal, then he'll be owed even more money. Now we've heard of loyalty bonuses and all sorts of things, and I think that's why Mikel Arteta has chosen not to have him in the squad. Saying that the development of the young players such as Emma Smith-Rowe, Saka, Martinelli have come leaps and bounds and based on hard work have earned their place and something that Mez also hasn't always been renowned for. Now it happened with Emery, it happened with Fred Jumberg, it happened towards the end of um, you know, uh, Wenger's reign where he still played them but it was obvious that he, you know, even when he got substituted for 10 minutes, he'd be really frustrated. And now it's happening with Mikel Arteta, someone who's been his teammate. So this kind of puts in perspective that Ozil has been linked with Fenerbahce in Turkey and also DC United in the US. Now, he does have an M10 brand as well. And apparently DC United have offered to be selling the his his coffee uh, 
in the stadium putting his you know his his package even more uh ludicrous so so that tells you about dc but then ozil has turkish roots and and is a very much well-practiced Muslim. So because of that, he might just return back to Turkey. Now, whether that's now or in the summer, there's been reports that's been done already, but Arsenal would still have to pay £64,000 a week just to have him go to Fenerbahce now. Um, Kolasinac has gone back to Germany and taken a pay cut, so that tells you something. Sergio Ramos, one of the uh, best defenders in the world right now, is also going to be a free agent in six months does he stay at real madrid or does he move to the premier league or does he go to psg and join Maurizio pochettino see there's a link with this um militao from real madrid the center back Mourinho wants him and toby alderweireld is probably going to go to psv brandt from dortmund here's one he's got some of the best stats in dortmund in germany has been linked to Arsenal, but I think everyone's been linked to Arsenal. I think my cousin's been linked to Arsenal. So that <laughs> just tells you that, you know, there's so much speculation going on, but they tend to wait till the last week of the transfer window. We know that um, Ahmad Diallo has gone to Manchester United, so United fans must be very, very happy. They've been crying out for a right winger and they finally got him now. Uh, so, so that tells you about that, but also, you know, with the new rules of work permits and being able to get into the country and being able to, you know, battle COVID-19 restrictions, that has kind of taken a huge toll on the massive, massive transfers. Isco has been linked with everyone, including Pulse95, but he's not coming here. So that tells you about him. And uh, <laughs> we've got Lionel Messi. Now, it's only right that I, you know, give a minute to Messi because I spent a whole summer talking about Messi and I was I'm not a Barca fan and I was so frustrated that he didn't leave in the end especially for the excuses and I did a podcast on, on a friend on Stanley Lane podcast uh, shout out to my boys Namir and Leith I did their podcast and we spent the first 10 minutes talking about Messi and you could see I did not hold back on that in how I felt about it especially the fact that he did everything in sending a fax to his club and not showing up on day one only to say that he spoke to his family and he changed his mind because his kids were crying I won't go into that now that's not time but where is Messi gonna go if you know where Messi's going text us on 4215 salat or do or slide into my DMs and let me know what's gonna be the best transfer of January and what's the most anticipated realistic transfer coming up in the Premier League La Liga Bundesliga Serie A or even League A let me know I'll be right back after this here's some Davido Summer Walker enjoy this is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri Oh, he loves to fire that what a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! What? It's time! It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international, local. Shout out to Goran and Tarek who are going to be cycling from London to the UAE based on how much they cycle at the moment. London to Dubai and that's it. Let's do it. Now, don't forget to pass by Sharjah because I'm in Sharjah at the moment. Um, right, so we spoke about emotional intelligence. We spoke about how important that was in our goal settings. And we also gave you the example of Jose Mourinho when it came down to his medical team. And if you watch the show All or Nothing, there was this really interesting part 
that I was kind of focused on. And it was the way that Jose Mourinho treated his medical staff. Because when I interviewed John Terry, he said to me that when John Terry was injured, and this is his captain, when John Terry was injured, Jose Mourinho would not talk to him until he was back training with everyone. And that was really interesting. The the look that Mourinho was giving his medical staff was not impressed. He did not want to hear from them. He expected kind of the worst thing. And so that gave me ideas of all the different types of coaches and managers and trainers and people that are out there that manage situations emotionally. And that's why I um, I spoke about that today on the show. We also had a transfer special. We got some questions coming in. Let's see the questions. I don't know what the show was about. I missed it. Well, Gordon, if you missed it, head over to the YouTube channel. You'll be able to see the whole episode there. Thanks to Mario and uh, and Gabby. Who's going to win the league and where will Arsenal end up this season? Right. Good question, um, Hassan Spicy. So I think I, I still ha- I think Liverpool will win the league. I think Manchester City will be very, very close. Where will Arsenal finish? Probably the top half of the table. But quite frankly, with the whole Europa League situation, I don't know if it's a good thing to be finishing in fifth and sixth in the league. You know, uh, just because it adds fixtures to your pileup, it changes the schedule. You have to play on a Thursday, then you have to play on a Sunday or a Monday, probably. And if you have a midweek game, that's even tougher. And with with the fixture pileup at the moment now, it's definitely something that I wouldn't recommend. So I, I would say I would say Liverpool to win the league, City to to get very very close, and then uh, have uh, Arsenal finish in the top ten. Uh, let's see, Goran. If there were fans in the stadium, would would the table to look? Um, what would the table look like? I think is what Goran is saying. It's a very very good question. I think without having the fans in the stadium, teams like Southampton and Aston Villa, uh, and even Everton as well, have managed to really take advantage of that because they're be, they're able to control their you know their their emotions. They're able to control you know. The, uh, the nervousness, the anxiety that, that normally comes with the pressure of fans. So I think that's something that um, is, is, is very evident, especially when you look at Aston Villa last year and they barely survived the league. And this year, yes, with one or two acquisitions, they've managed to do fantastic. But not only that, they've managed to get results by beating the solid teams, the teams that have better technical players and the teams that, uh, you know, have bigger brands bigger managers in terms of profile and yet still been able to outplay them and I think that in itself shows great coaching on one side but also shows the the way that the fans have you know been missed in that sense when it comes down to those teams then you look at someone like Southampton and what Hassan Hutel has done is unbelievable because a year ago they lost 9-0 to Leicester and most people would have sacked their manager then and there you saw him in tears having beaten Liverpool recently these are all things that I think people miss now I also think that teams like um, Tottenham who managed my Mourinho I know we spoke about him a bit today but I think the fans I would be very interested to see what their feedback was when they were winning games without playing well and then saying that now that they're not necessarily winning those games, how would the fans be? How would they respond to that? So that's what I, I think, you know, um, is is very very key in that in that analyzation. Did EI play an important role in your life? Thanks, Masoud, for that. One hundred percent. It's very, it's something that I think the inner child and all of us kind of experiences from a very very young age, depending on your upbringing, depending on who you grew up uh, around, how how your family was, how your parents was. 
I think that either pushes you towards being emotionally aware or being completely against it. I think the neutral ground is those that can really balance it, which is which is great. And I think that's a very, very good question, Mr. Wood. Um, spicy. So United out of the race. I don't think they're out of the race, but I don't think they have the legs unless they make a couple of acquisitions, especially at the back, to be able to do that. I also think that people like Dean Henderson are not being utilised because you can't play him one or two games in and out of different cup competitions and expect him to perform. He's making mistakes that he was, wasn't was making last year because he was playing every single game and he was one of the best goalkeepers last year. So I think the way that De Gea and Henderson have been at United is what Arteta had in mind for Leno and Martinez, but Martinez wanted to play every game and that's why he went to Villa. So to answer your question, I don't think United are out of the race, but I don't think they have the legs to match the squads of Liverpool, City and even Chelsea as well. I know Chelsea aren't doing that well at the moment, but the squads these teams have are are top and I think that's really, really going to show eventually unless... Oli proves us wrong again and continues, you know, this crazy season that we're seeing at the moment. Now, also when the fans will be back. I think that that will be very interesting to see. Masoud, you need to manage and balance the emotions in life. Very, very good, Masoud, 100%. We are reaching full time on the Halftime Show. Thank you very much for connecting with me today. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Go on, if you're going to be 45 minutes late, head over to the YouTube and check out the full episode. Thanks to Super Mario and Gabby. Uh, ad and commercial free all of our shows get put on there and also the Jermaine Pennant ones up there as well so that was a really good one especially the fire round very very cool thank you for spending it with me folks I love you guys and I will see you soon take care and peace this is Pulse 95 tune in live every Monday Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm 